What is up? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Today I have Joe Decina, who is the founder and the CEO of Spartan, who is the world's leading endurance sports brand. Spartan's portfolio of brands now includes Spartan Trail, La Ruta, Tough Mudder, and Highlander. Joe can be seen hosting No Retreat, a business boot camp on CNBC, where he and his team of experts attempt to solve organizational issues within the companies by exposing their members to mental and physical challenges. That would be so crazy. He also hosts the Spartan Up podcast and is the New York Times bestselling author of books, including 10 Rules for Resilience, Mental Toughness for Families, and Spartan Up, a take-no-prisoner's guide to overcoming obstacles and achieving peak performance in life. You can follow Joe on his Instagram, RealJoeDecina. That is RealJoeDecina. Uh, Joe, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. All right, Joe, welcome to the Reborn Podcast. Um, my name is Ashley Horner. I've done many Spartans. I'm a huge fan. So I'm looking forward to uh, diving deep into the mind of uh, Joe Decina. So tell me a little bit about what was your childhood like? Mm, I was thrown over obstacles while I had a diaper on. I was tor- tortured under barbed wire. I was, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, okay. <laughs> Up in, um, in a crazy neighborhood in Queens, New York. Uh, if you saw the movie Goodfellas, I grew up ground zero for Goodfellas. Tough days, all day, every day for folks there. They um, Some people did bad things, but other people just hustled and worked, you know, 20 hours a day. If you went into somebody's house, it was not uncommon to see a CB radio in the kitchen while mom was making pasta sauce and she was running a tow truck company. Like, like everybody was just moving and shaking. But there were a lot of people that did bad things, went to jail. Etc. The, the theme that came out of the neighborhood was hustle, but but also um, like I don't know if you if you didn't like force yourself to get ahead and do hard things and just get it done and not complain, you got left behind. My mom, because nobody was taking care of her themselves, right in that environment. My mom walks into a uh, uh, a health food store in the early seventies and. Um, this was before Lululemon or Yoga Journal or Whole Foods existed. And she meets a yogi. And she literally, in that moment, in the early 70s, she throws away the raviolis, the cannolis, the sausage and peppers. And um, she starts meditating and chanting and becomes vegan. Um, obviously, it was crazy times in our house. My dad wanted no part of it. My family wanted I wanted no part of it. I wanted to be a tough guy. I wanted money. I want. I, I, I like sausage and peppers. How, how old were you? I was young, four or five years old. Oh. And, um, and and that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the change. Because when I think about the stuff she did, the things I rejected, the, the things I wanted no part of, and I think about Spartan today and what we stand for and trying to get the world healthy. Um, they're all, they all stem from what my mom found in that, in that health food store and, you know, from that yogi, right. It was, it was discipline. It was commitment. It was health and wellness. It, and so really we wrapped it in barbed wire and a helmet and, and a cloak. Um, but, um, but this is really just 
what my mom was preaching in the 70s. Mm-hmm. What was it that pushed her to make that lifestyle change? Was there was it just because she was infatuated by like what that lifestyle could be like for you? I mean, compared to uh, her kind of changeover into like the yogi side, were you guys really unhealthy before that? Well, I think the whole neighborhood was unhealthy. Mm. Just like most neighborhoods today. And we were eating the wrong things. We probably didn't feel optimal. We weren't exercising. Like, And her mom got cancer. Mm. Like her mother got cancer. And then that, that triggered the thought that maybe there's another way. And, um, and I'm, glad, I'm glad she did find that because I still, and you, you and I both know, 90% of the people we know are, are not optimal. They're not mm. taking care of themselves. They're not right. Like, so, and, and then, you know, and then I, I still, I resisted it by the way. I was not interested in anything my mom was preaching. Uh, no child would be interested. It was too weird. Yeah. And, well, I, I remember when my mom, she, it was a similar story, but my mom started getting into fitness when I was very young and she would go to the track and I would just sulk the whole time. And I'd be like, I don't want to be here. And my mom would go out there and run laps and do push-ups. And, you know, as children, we still watch and we still observe. And even though like there is resistance there, because I believe my mo- my mother is probably the one reason why I started and embarked on my fitness journey. Um, and so it's so true that we, you know, even though we do resist a lot of times, um, we pick up we pick up on the examples around us, you know, even today having kids. So how about your childhood then? Did you go and play sports? I, um, my mom moved us to Ithaca, New York. I went back and forth to see my dad in Queens and live with my mom in Ithaca. Ithaca was more forgiving, uh, much more hippie-ish, uh, surrounded with colleges. And, um, I found skiing, downhill skiing. Okay. And solo sport, um, and then being part of a team, but you're, you're, you're out there alone, right? You're not, it's not like playing soccer or basketball or football. And, um, I loved it. I loved it. It definitely hardened me up because, uh, back then we would wear jeans yeah. and probably not the right jacket and, uh, not have the right gear. And I'd be, I'd look like an icicle <laughs> at the end of the day, but I was a maniac and I would start at seven in the morning before the ski before the ski lifts open, I would put my skis on my shoulder and I would hike in my ski boots up the mountain just to get that first run in by myself. And then I would ski all day like a nut. And, uh, and then they had night skiing. So I, you know, so I was completely frozen mm. in blue jeans um, by the end of the day. So it definitely helped build some resilience. And then, um, and then during the summers, I found BMX. Mm. So I started riding... Uh, bicycles everywhere and um mom wouldn't drive me to some races so my friend and i convinced to bicycle to a race it was a 75 miles round trip wow i raced that day and i think again that was the beginning of this person yeah and how how old were you during this time period 13 wow you're really young and so I just didn't understand what 75 miles was um, on a little BMX bicycle. Did but, you finish uh, it? We got it done. Did you say you were never going to do it again? Or were you like, yes? <laughs> no, for me, I just wanted to go to the race. Yeah. And, that, and, and biking there was just like the thing I, we had to do. But it definitely uh, started to get some accolade. You know, people talked about things like that. And I think I started to develop this persona, which was, hey, I'm a hard worker. 
I'll do anything it takes to, to, to get the job done. And so here we are. Mm. What, what was it that led you to create the Spartan races? Was it, is it because you wanted people to experience that same thrill? Because it sounds like, you know, you're chasing this downhill skiing, which is crazy. I've been a skier, I've been snowboarding and it gets wild. I've never hiked up my own mountain before and skied down it. I can only imagine how crazy that would be. Um, but it sounds like you have like this need or this desire of, of just these extreme, like not really knowing what to expect, but just giving it all you got and going for it. Is that, is that anything to do with the Spartan races that you've created because you wanted to uh, create an experience for people that is thrilling, exciting, and it pushes them out of their comfort zone. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I mean, look, uh, hopefully we all can hold hands and agree on, on the fact that we are, um, fat, sick and unhealthy generally. Yeah. yeah. Live, live around the world, any, any state, any city, any airport I land in the U S it's prevalent more than most other places. And, um, and so my, my interest, my instinct, my, my passion is ha- the same way my mom convinced a bunch of people to change their lives around and be, and be more focused on health and wellness. Um, that's my passion. Mm. It's really exciting, especially for children. I love, I love taking little kids. I've had my little nephew um, the last three days at Murph with me every morning. He wakes oh. up, you know, I'm already going by the time he comes down. Like, all right, how, what do we got left? How many rounds? Yeah. Okay. So I love um, transforming people, especially kids. And, um, that's my currency. That's what I, that's what I get. That's what I get paid in. That's what we get paid. So tell me how the Spartan games kind of manifested. What was it for you that just clicked in your mind that you're like, I'm going to create something. I'm going to open it up to the public and this is going to be a race. Can you talk about the first Spartan race that you ever did? How long ago was that? First race, um, I ever put on was 22 years ago. Mm called the Expedition BVI. It was 350 miles long. It included biking and kayaking and swimming and sailing and coastaleering. Can and you I, do can you do all those things? Can you do the sailing and all of that? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, so I we didn't talk about it. I used to I used to do all those races myself. I competed um, from the mid nineties through like two thousand eight or nine. Um, 13, 14 years, I competed in all these crazy races around the world. I, and, and I fell in love with them myself. Um, and so when I was out there doing those things, typically the races I would do were five to 15 days long and, uh, self-supported sometimes solo, sometimes with a team. And, um, and they were hard, grueling. And, and, and you'd be, you'd be questioning your own existence and not wanting to take another step. And there was a, there was a moment actually I laid in the snow in a race and I was like, I'm done. I'm just mm. not done. Like with the race, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not taking another fucking step. Um, and then you somehow realize you got eight days left in you. So anyway, I was doing all that 20, uh, 2000, 22 years ago, 2000. I said, let me put on an event. I called it Expedition BBI. We put on all those things. Uh, all those disciplines, we bolted them together. Uh, I got sick right before the start of the race. I ended up in the hospital from a race I had just fit completed in Switzerland. I got something called leptospirosis. They had to get all kinds of infectious disease experts in New York City to figure out what 
the hell I had. And um, I'm laying there with my then new girlfriend as our race is getting ready to go off in the British Virgin Islands, the first race I ever put on. I'm laying in a hospital in New York City, infectious disease, the preeminent expert is taking the case because it's so strange what I have. Like he wants to figure out what it is. Brand new girlfriend was now my wife. And they walk into the room and they're like, look, there's a chance you have AIDS, but we don't know. We won't know for a couple of days. And I look at the girl, like, I'm like, I'm dying. I don't know how this would happen. Um, turns out I had leptospirosis. Uh, I convinced the nurse to get me the results more quickly because I was sweating. Um, and I bought her a pair of running shoes, I think. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up getting um, released from the hospital um, on a bunch of antibiotics, shot down to the British Virgin Islands to see the race. It was already going at this mm. point for two days. And... Um, Unbeknownst to me, my team putting on the event lost one of our um, staff. And I found out at the, at the end of the race that one of our staff had gotten to a dinghy, a little boat with a, a pull start engine. He had cut himself and was heading to Tortola to go get uh, stitches. Oh my gosh. A fog rolled in and he vanished. Wow be seen until until the last day of the race the party they tell me we haven't seen them i'm like how could you tell me now right anyway i get the coast guard involved i get richard branson's helicopter my my father my soon-to-be father-in-law is a um is a navy uh an fbi pilot and we go on a search and rescue for a couple of days and we find them and he drifted 150 miles to Little Tobago, and he survived on that island eating crabs and drinking water that also drifted there. Oh, my gosh. This was your very first race that you put on. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, and then you decided to do another one after that race. I don't quit very easily. Yeah, I can, uh, I can tell. I knew I had to make it work and it wasn't through genius. It wasn't through um, proper funding. It wasn't through any of those things. It was simply through hard work that somehow we have. Um, and as I talk to you, by the way, I, I should turn the camera around. I don't know if anybody's going to see this with dull audio, but um, there's just a bunch of metals hanging on the wall. Can you see those? Oh, wow. Yeah. Are those yours? Well, they're not mine, but, but as I'm talking to you and I'm telling you the story, I'm seeing all the years, you know, and, yeah. and, and all that time. And, um, and I just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. I'm just, I'm, by the way, we're still fighting for our lives because, um, we, we got, we were on top of the world in, um, 2019 mm -hmm. bought out, um, our competitor, Tough Mudder. And then, uh, COVID hit. And we got shut down in 45 countries. And, you know, when you're a big company and you're, and you're spread out over 45 countries and things are working, one and a half million participants each year, um, it's awesome. But when you're a big company and you get shut down all around the world, like the airlines or like a cruise line, it's really hard. And, um, and I know our audience is incredibly passionate about um, what we do. So they're even, they're like, in a good way. They're like fired up all the time. 
we shut races, they're fired up if we put on bases. They're like, it's just been hard work banging my head against the wall and getting us, um, getting us here. Yeah. How has the races evolved over time since you, you know, in the beginning, this is 22 years ago when you were, you had all of these different things, even like the sailing and you kind of, you've brought it back in. Um, how has that just changed and how has your, um, whenever you created the brand Spartan, did you always think it was going to be like how you originally created it? Was your intent for it to grow this big? I thought there would be 50,000 people globally mm -hmm. that would be interested, but it turned out um, there were millions. We've had 10 million between the, the brands. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I didn't think it would be, I didn't think it would be happy every single day that there's that many people that are so passionate about what we do and what we stand for. Um, and now, and now it's their job. Like I, I can only take us so far. Right. Now it's the Spartans uh, and, and the mutters around like to, to, to inspire um, people around them mm -hmm. uh, to come out and do this. Um, and I, and I know everybody gets looked at with like skepticism, like, why the hell would we crawl under barbed wire? Why would we possibly go do that? That's silly that you do those things. But, um, but you know, at the finish line, yeah. you, do, you know, at the finish line, you know, what I have found is that there are so many people who are intimidated or who are scared to get out there and to try something like that and to be there with them in the moment and to see them overcome those fears but to do it with a group of people that they trust. And more importantly, whenever you're out there doing these Spartan races, you meet people along the way that are going to help you overcome whatever obstacle is right there. And that's truly what it is with real life. The, one of the reasons why I love Spartan is because there is such an alignment to what you go out, go through out there on the trails and what you're trying to beat, figuring out how strong you are, how much grit you have to real life situations. It may not be physically demanding like the Spartan races, but <laughs> I know for a fact that I'm constantly trying to overcome all of the problems that I have in the course of the day running businesses. And there's so much correlation and alignment there. And that's what people need to understand. Like go out there and do that Spartan. You might be scared, but that's out there in the playing field. That's going to build your confidence to go out and tackle real life situations. And yeah, you may not be climbing under barbed wire when, you know, for your daily job, but being able to overcome that fear, know that you're going to get through it. And on the other side, that is what's going to build the self-confidence. I want you to, um, when you're, when you're done with this podcast, I want you to take that moment right there and send me just that clip. Because as I was listening to you describe exactly what we're preaching and the whole yeah. reason, um, I think folks like you, where it's not coming from me, it's not coming from the company, folks like you that are customers mm -hmm. saying that is so much more powerful than me saying. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly why I created the whole thing. It was, it was mom, but it was like, life is hard. It is hard. And then you die. <laughs> and, and so um, we practice piano. We practice math. We practice language. Why don't we practice hard? Why wouldn't we practice obstacles? We're going to face them every day. Let's practice. Yep. So that's uh, very exciting to hear it come from you that way. Very succinct. I, I, sounds like you've been reading the books. 
<laughs> no, I haven't. I should. I, I've I've been a, per, a participant of the Spartan races. They've pushed me. I've seen the camaraderie out there. You know, I've seen it. I've re, I've seen it real time. I've brought people with me who are who have always wanted to do a Spartan, but they are so scared. And just when you know when they finish, when they finish, they they feel so empowered. They feel so empowered. And and if I could instill that into every single female to make them realize that like, you just got to go out there and do it. You know, you just got to go out there and do it and, and know that getting through those things and, and the things that scare you, it's just going to bleed over into everything else that you do in life. You know, the other day I was, um, I was flying home from Chicago. This was like actually two nights ago. I was flying home to Chicago, 4.30 in the morning delays. Um, I have my canine with me. I have my seven-year-old with me and I have my luggage, right? And I'm looking at my son in the passenger, like sitting next to me on the airplane. I'm like, all right, I got to get him off. He's passed out. He literally just fell asleep. And you know, when kids fall asleep, they're like, you don't want to wake him because it's like the world is on fire. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick him up. I'm at least going to get him off the plane so I, I can just, you know, take care of my business. Everybody else can get off the plane. And I picked him up and I got my canine and I got my backpack and his backpack. And I was like, you know what? I was like, he's not that heavy now. I've gotten so strong that I think I can just carry him. And I ended up carrying my son for over a mile with not only my canine and my luggage, but I ended up getting the kennel and everything else. And that was so empowering to me because I know that sure, it's just, yeah, getting off the airplane, but I know in a real life situation, if I had to take care of my family, that I have the ability and I certainly have the confidence to pick up my family and move. And that is the strength and that is the confidence that every single person needs to be aiming for. Do the things that push you. Do the things that make you uncomfortable. Because when you do, that's how you build resilience. I am. Um, I got to hire you. <laughs> well, I mean, I obviously like Spartan. I haven't done a Spartan race in a long time. Um, my schedule is just kind of crazy. But um, can we talk about your training, though? I want to hear yeah. about your daily training. About my training. But before we do, where do you live? Virginia Beach, Virginia. So let's take a look at when the next Tough Mudder or Spartan is in your area. For and sure. I'm going to challenge anybody listening. I'm going to give you, um, if you, if you feel bold, I would say let's give you 300 entries on me. Oh. And you try to round up 300 to follow you um, and, do, and do a race. So it's on me. I'm not, there's no. Dude, that motive. would be incredible. Yeah. So, so. Let's, let's connect afterwards, okay. but anybody, anybody that's listening to this, um, reach out to my super host here and, and, um, tell, tell her that you're interested in helping change some lives and let's, let's round up a big crew. It'll be good for you. It's good for the podcast. It's good for everything else you're working on. It's good for them. It's good for me because when they come in, they'll buy a hat or a t-shirt. <laughs> Win-win for everybody. And everybody gets free entries here. 300 people. Well, for sure. I'm totally down to, I, I love Spartans. So, and I don't, yeah. I don't back down from challenges. So if you say you're challenging me to something. Okay. All right. All right. Fitness routine. So I, I like to incorporate, um, fitness in life. So if I'm watching my boys wrestle, I'll get on an Airdyne bike, um, for 45 minutes an hour and I'll be, I'll be working there while I'm watching. Cause I don't want to just be standing there like the other dads not doing something. I am. Um, I love working out early in the morning. Pretty, I would say 360 days a year. 
I'm up at, you know, 4.55. Um, I get my workout in. I'm, I'm taking a cold shower by 7 a.m. I'm trying to eat breakfast by 9. Um, my workout's always at least an hour um, at a minimum. And then, like I said, if I get an opportunity doing anything where I could be working out as well, I'm doing that. So it could be, could be a couple times a day. Um, for a long time, I carried around a kettlebell um, just because I was able to incorporate working out with my life, like walking around, carrying a kettlebell is hard work. Yeah. Um, so every, everywhere you went, your kettlebell went with you? Yeah, pretty all over the world for, for about three years. Um, and I would take stairs. I always take stairs anyway, but taking stairs with a 42-pound kettlebell, kettlebell makes it interesting. And then, um, and then I got on a kick for a while. I did 300 burpees every day for about three or four years. Then, um, then I got on a kick. I did uh, 15 different exercises, 50 repetitions of each, 750 reps every morning. A lot of mobility, flexibility. My latest kick I'm going to try to run run through for a year here is I'm I'm about 32 days in on on doing Murph every day, and um, the full Murph. Yeah, I don't do it with a weight vest. Okay. I just I, I just do it body weight, and uh, I try to rope in, like I said, my nephew or anybody uh, every morning. And um, how are your hands from all those pull ups? My hands are fine. I do I do sets of ten. Yeah, hands are. I've always done, uh, I'm terrible at pull-ups, but I've always done, even when I wasn't doing this, I've always done 50 a day. Um, and, and by the way, when I, they're not good, clean pull-ups, they're not kipping pull-ups, but they're, but they're, um, just getting it done. Getting it done. Getting it done. Yeah. So, so, uh, so that's my thing. If I'm on the farm in Vermont, I'm hiking the mountain, carrying a rock usually every day. I got to sweat. I got to take my cold shower every day. That's awesome. What, what advice do you, would you give like, you're kind of an extreme, right? I would probably categories category myself as somewhat of an extreme. You're definitely an extreme and I love it. What is some advice that you can give somebody who is wanting to start training for a Spartan, right? Because if you're listening, you're coming to a Spartan with me. All right. Joe and I have invited you. So what is like, um, what are just some basic exercises? Would you recommend somebody just doing, starting out with body weight exercises with pull-ups, push-up squats? Anyway, it is incredible, right? There's very little risk of injury and we want to, we want to be mobile and flexible the rest of our lives. So, um, I've got a, I've got a body weight routine I mentioned earlier that I could share with you and you could, you could post it to, to folks, but, but my minimum, the minimum I tell everybody is like walk one mile, just walk one mile a day, do it after dinner, right? You don't want to go to bed on a full stomach, I'm giving you the basic minimums here and I'll get you through any, any event. Um, do 30 of the best pull-ups you can. Oh, I can't do pull-ups. Jump up. Come down slow. Just do, you know, it could take 30 minutes to do 30. Just do the best 30 pull-ups you can. You need to do that anyway for life. Forget about Spartan. And do 30 burpees. That would be fast. 30 burpees, 30 pull-ups, one-mile walk. Take the stairs everywhere you go. If you can't fucking do that, you don't deserve to be on the planet. Like, I don't know what to tell you. We have people come out with missing arms, missing legs, like, and they, they get through it. So like, if you're not willing to put some investment back into that wonderful machine, this body, this life that you, like, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. Um, well, I'm not really motivated. I don't have a gym membership. I don't have time. Everybody has time yeah. for one mile walk, 30 burpees, 30 pull-ups. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is like, you know, you can encourage somebody to change 
all you want, but it has to be them that has to make the decision and they have to make the decision for themselves. So, um, you know, I, I was on a podcast the other day with a guy and, and he just, he's lost like 150 pounds, something crazy. And, you know, for him, it was just changing the mindset. And I think that oftentimes we, we, our mind is so powerful. Mindset is everything. If you just change your mindset from today versus someday and just start today by changing one thing and making that a discipline. You know, I, I see it all the time where people just, they like to make these astronomical changes overnight and what happens when they fail all of a sudden and they're going to think that they can't do it. But if you guys start slow by adding 30 pull-ups a day, a mile walk, and what was the other thing you said? Squats? 30 burpees. Come on. Burpees. You know- I should know burpees. Okay. I One time I did burpee broad jumps around the track for, was it 12 hours? Oh, that's, that's impressive. I never do that again. I'll never do that again. Anyways, I probably did do that again, but I told myself at the time I was never doing that again. So, oh my gosh, burpees are like, they're the best and the worst, worst exercise. I remember, um, I was in the Bahamas. I had just met a buddy, Simon Lessing, uh, triathlete gold medal, gold medal holder. And that night, and I said, Hey, meet me on the beach in the morning. I'm going to get up at like 4am. I got to fly out tomorrow. I said, I want to do this thing. These CrossFitters call the burpee mile. <clears throat> so I got on the beach. He didn't show up. My buddy oh. out there alone in the dark. And I started to do my burpees and jump in the sand and do my burpees and jump in the sand. And I didn't really have a mile marker, but I, I had to catch a flight at some point. So <laughs> 30 AM, so about three and a half hours in. Um, and I could see because the water hadn't washed away my footprints. I could see my, I walked all the way back. I cleaned myself up. I, and I, I had my buddy who owned the house drive and check. And it was a little over my, like 1.2 I went and, um, and then I found out the burpee mile isn't really a mile. <laughs> like I know that CrossFitters don't do an actual mile. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Huh. But, but I got mine done. But you did 12 hours. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I was for uh, I was raising money for something. This was a couple year a couple years ago, like a good couple years ago. But yeah, I mean, again, it's like, you know, you if you guys just change your mindset and and tell yourself that no matter what it takes, you're going to get it done and just put one foot in front of the other. You know, don't, don't look at the whole picture. Whenever you look at a Spartan, yeah, sure. It can be intimidating, but just focus on the first obstacle, get through the first obstacle, starting a new business adventure. What just focus on whatever is right in front of you. And, you know, don't be intimidated by the full picture. Just look at what's in front of you, tackle that, accomplish that, and then move forward. Um, well, so how does like your nutrition now, are you still like vegan with your mom? Like how are, did you ever go vegan? I, I was on and off my whole life. Um, you know, vegan, non-vegan. And, um, where I've landed is I probably eat meat. I like fish. I probably eat meat or fish once a week, mm. twice a week. Um, I eat a lot of salad. I like oatmeal. Um, I like veggies. I'll eat a little bit of rice. Yeah. I like, I do eat eggs, Mm. but I I would say my big message on diet to everybody is more salad Mm. and have enough salad. I had last night, I went to dinner with my kids. I hadn't seen my boys in a couple of days. They were at a wrestling tournament, sat down with them and their friends. And I ordered um, a giant Greek salad. I ended up eating two of them. 
Nice. And, um, and I had some eggplant parmesan. Yeah. So delicious. Yeah. So more salads, more salads. I don't think anybody, I know there's a big debate going on uh, online. I see it where folks are, you know, vegans are skinny little people, meat eaters, <laughs> strong people. And, um, I, I would, I would say just the, we should, we should probably meet in the middle. I, I spent some time in Fiji doing a race in the interior of Fiji and the Fijians are some of the best rugby players in the world and they are, and they are fit and they are like, everybody would want to look like one of these Fijians, male or female. And, um, are they all vegan? They eat mostly veggies. They eat meat like once every three months. Mm, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So, so, uh, they do eat meat, but it's, it's rare. Um, because there's not like an abundance of, of meat, of cattle and stuff. Yeah. So, and they are fit. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, the whole diet and nutrition, I just say, as long as it's not processed and you're not going through McDonald's drive through and you're eating clean from the earth and you just got to do whatever works for you. And the only way you can figure out what works best for you is just if you're consistent and you try it just try it. If you want to try it, if you want to go vegan, try it and see if it works for you. See what it does for your body, but you have to be consistent and you have to do it over a certain period of time to be able to see those results. So what's next for you, Joe? Where can people find you? What does the schedule look like coming up? Well, anybody can send me an email, joe at spartan.com. A couple of big things I'm working on. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you. I want to release them. That's a big thing. Okay. Um, that we're going to offer uh, all Spartans around the globe, which I'm excited about maybe in the next 30, 45 days. But, um, but I've got, I mean, by the way, if you get 300 people, I'm happy to come um, attend that event. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get out there with you. Um, but I've got Abu Dhabi coming up, um, which is the world champs, which by the way, you should come to Abu Dhabi. It's unbelievable. Just, I, I would love to visit Abu Dhabi. Gotta be out there in the desert. I need it. So you mean I need to make it to the championship to be able to go to Abu Dhabi? Where, no, where's it going to be next year? Uh, well, Abu Dhabi is this year. Well, we can't tell you where next year is. Oh. And then, and then Sparta, Greece, Sparta, Greece is another unbelievable. That's a trifecta championship. You do all three distances in one weekend yeah. Being there at the historic site and paying homage to Leonidas and his 300 and the city state is, is amazing. Um, those are the two big ones I have on my schedule, Abu Dhabi and Sparta. I might be at Killington. Killington is um, nostalgic, you know, because it's near the farm in Vermont. Mm-hmm. It breaks ha- have you have you added any different types of, um, like, is there swimming or biking or anything involved? And I just haven't, I haven't kept up with what Spartan's done in the last year or two. We have a few events outside of Obstacle. Um, one is a surfing, mm-hmm. a paddleboarding event in Hawaii which uh, you're doing. <laughs> yes. And I need two. to learn how to surf. I don't surf out here in Virginia beach, but. M2O. So you're paddling across um, one of the most rugged channels in Hawaii. Then uh, check out, everybody should check out project seven. Okay. Martin project seven. I, I put, I cobbled together the seven toughest events in the world. Uh, one of them's a mountain bike race. One of them is this um, paddleboard race. One of them's world's toughest mudder. Whatever. If you get all seven of these done, uh, you get an automatic season pass into heaven because God knows how, <laughs> how tough you are. <laughs> That's awesome. Spartan yeah. Project 7. I'm going to actually look that up. I'm going to look that up. Um, well, that's awesome. Joe, I, um, 
I have uh, probably a final question to ask you. With everything that you're doing, what is what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? So you're gonna love this. Um, the ancient Spartans uh, didn't believe in legacy, and um, the philosophy back then was let's build these big buildings, let's build you know these monuments, these statues, um, let's leave these tremendous legacies. But in Sparta, their philosophy was um, just do a great job. If we just do a great job all day, every day, um, legacy comes. And so what's interesting about that is 2,500 years after Thermopylae, you and I are sitting here talking about ancient Sparta. And so they did leave a legacy, even though they didn't want to like, and so my, my legacy that I'd like to leave, I want to change a hundred million lives. I want to continue. I want to continue that Spartan message, um, on for another 2,500 years. And so one of the things I'm working on, um, which I didn't really want to mention is, um, I'm working on this memorial in ancient Sparta, this big 35 foot statue, tombstones of the 300. And, um, and I'm going to get our community involved in it. Um, because, because when I, when you hear that the Ukrainians are referred to as the Spartans of our time, it's really what, what the 300 did way back when 2,500 years ago was it inspired us as a species to stand up against evil, wherever evil may be, even if we're outnumbered, outgunned, right? We, we are willing to stand up and be resilient and, and tough. And so I would say it's our job, you included, because I'm hearing the way you, you speak and, and you've experienced that Spartan mindset, is um, it's our job to make sure the, the legacy of those 300 conti- it continues on. Um, be, because it would suck if we all became just a bunch of marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so very important. I know, Joe, for a fact, and you probably need to be reminded of this, that you have probably changed. I want to I want to go back and repeat. You have saved, you have saved more lives than I think you can truly comprehend by not quitting. Because you decided not to quit, because you decided not to give up. You have changed and saved hundreds and thousands of lives without a doubt. And so I want to say thank you for the hard work, all the sacrifices, because I'm sure you missed out on a lot for being Joe Decina and doing everything that you have done to impact the lives, a lot of young lives too, which is very, very important around you. So I just want to say thank you uh, for that. Bought me, you, you just bought me another day. I actually got choked up there for a second listening to you because, um, because it is hard. <laughs> I mean, if we were selling handbags, jewelry, and cotton candy, this would be easy. What we are selling is hard work, commitment. Like, this is a, a yeah, I needed to hear that today. So, I'm, thank you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Um, it's truly inspiring what you've done. Uh, just the overall brand and the messaging that you have um, is is incredible. And um, you're doing exactly what you've said that you were going to do. So, thank you. And thanks for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to have to check out the Spartan schedule and figure out a race, I guess. I don't know. I'm excited. Hey, I'm kind of crazy. I decided one day to pick up my bike and ride my bike from here to Oklahoma to see my mom. So I did. It took me like uh, 12 days or something. Love it. All right. So you're you're a mad woman. I I'm love pretty, it. I can be kind of crazy. I get it from my mom, though. My mom's still a competitive mountain bike racer, so she's crazy, too. 
Project seven is yours. And then, and then you pick the race where we're going to round up the 300. Okay. All right. My community will be so excited that you're, that's very, very generous of you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining me on my podcast today with Joe Decina. It was so incredible listening to him and just the the measure of, of the depth of his resilience and his discipline. And it starts at a young age. And, and this is what discipline can't just happen overnight. It's just consistency and doing the same thing over and over and over again and doing it even when you don't want to. And years of doing this, it builds your resistance um, to not quitting and it builds your resilience to all the problems that we face on a day-to-day. So I just want to say thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Joe. Uh, Make sure you guys leave us a review, give me some feedback, and um, I will catch you guys next time on the Reborn Podcast with Ironclad. Peace.